You can listen to our new audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. It's voiced by the book's author, Pastor Todd Peppercorn, and includes an introduction voiced by Pastor Matt Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Just go to issuesetc.org, enter your email address, and we'll send you a link to the audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression, issuesetc.org, and enter your email address. The Old Testament warns us of false prophets. The New Testament, even Christ himself, warns us of false prophets. And yet false prophets, as promised, arise. And they sometimes have things to say that are intelligible, wrong, evil, but intelligible. And sometimes they don't have much to say. They're what Scripture calls empty talkers. Welcome back to Issues Etc. It's time for This Week in Pop Christianity. Today we're going to talk about Kurt Landry's Rosh Hashanah Prophecies. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. He's pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Todd. Why does pop Christianity seem obsessed with Old Testament Jewish holy days? Well, there is a thing that happens in evangelicalism and in pop Christianity, and that is, is that they kind of chase after current trends. There's like fads that come into the church. And this has been one that's been growing for a while. And it's really become quite the fad because there's a number of false teachers who've become very popular by claiming that they're helping Christianity return to its Hebrew roots. Now, this is different than the uh, the Hebrew roots movement, which is a full-blown version of this that is the Judaizing heresy just in a modern form. But within charismatic circles, the NAR, there is an overt change where they deny the use of electionary or the liturgy, but they're replacing it with stuff that is overtly Jewish and going back to the types and shadows and somehow trying to make it into a Christian practice. And so this has been a growing trend over the, really over the last decade that has really come to fruition where it's practically the norm now within charismatic circles and certain portions of evangelicalism to really pay attention to Jewish feast days, uh, Jewish holidays, and things of the sort. The problem is, is that they don't recognize how these things correctly point us to Christ and that Christ has fulfilled them, nor do they really understand that Christianity historically has not practiced these Mosaic Covenant feast days because now that Christ has come, we have our own feast days to celebrate, You know, namely the birth of Christ and his uh, death, burial, and resurrection on Easter. And as a result of it, it's really become a cacophony of bizarreness within evangelicalism in the NAR as they try to out-Jewish each other in kind of, you know, resurrecting and trying to smuggle in to Christianity practices that are Jewish, or I would even say uh, notably modernly Jewish. So we'll talk about that as we, uh, as we develop the topic today. Who is Kurt Landry? So Kurt Landry, Landry is the head of Kurt Landry Ministries, very famous uh, fellow among the TBN crowd, and he hobnobs with today's so-called modern apostles and prophets, and he goes by Rabbi Kurt Landry. So he's one of these guys that uh, is overtly uh, trying to bring Jewishness back into Christianity, and so he's probably one of the more popular purveyors of this particular practice. 
And what is Rosh Hashanah, at least according to the practice of Judaism? So this is where we're going to have to make a distinction. We're going to make a distinction between modern Judaism or modern Orthodox Judaism, which is the direct theological descendant of the religion of the Pharisees, and then biblical Judaism. Biblical Judaism, the first month of the year, is not the month that we're currently in. It's the month of Nisan, which is when the Passover occurs. And so if you were to go back into your Bible and go into Exodus chapter 12, where God is instituting the Passover, then you'll know that God overtly says that this for you is the first month. And so biblical Judaism, the first month of the year, the new year occurs when we get into the month of Nisan. Well, Orthodox Judaism, which is modern-day Judaism, is not biblical Judaism. It's a Judaism that was reimagined and retooled after the fall of the Temple in 70 AD. And if you know about how Pharisaical Judaism works, it's not Orthodox at all. It's a heresy. Christ himself condemned it for adding to the scriptures and adding their own traditions and their own views and holding them with equal par with the Word of God. In fact, the Pharisees are famously known for believing in not one Torah, which would be the written Torah, but believing in two Torahs. Their claim was that when Moses ascended Mount Sinai, that uh, when he came down, God had given him two Torahs, the written Torah and then the oral Torah, which the Pharisees claimed that they were the ones who were the guardians of it, and also the ones who had the right to interpret it. And so Jesus soundly denies that any of their oral Torah, their tradition of the elders, has anything to do with the Word of God. In fact, he says that they make void the Word of God by the traditions, by their own doctrines of men that they've added to the Scriptures. And so modern-day Judaism, which is, again, the descendant of Pharisaical Judaism, which existed in Christ's time, they've retooled Judaism so that Rosh Hashanah is the head of the year, and you'll have people talk about what's called the uh, the Jewish New Year. And this takes place during the 10 days of awe, so you're going to have Yom Kippur, which was just yesterday, and other feast days like the Feast of Tabernacles and things like this that all come up during the uh, the fall festivals, but Rosh Hashanah is supposed to be the head of the year. And so Rabbi Kurt Landry, along with a whole host of other people claiming to be prophets and apostles and charismatics and stuff like this, they are all keying back into these things, but they are mistakenly thinking that they can receive New Year's prophecies that are keyed to the Jewish New Year. They constantly overlook the fact is that the Jewish New Year has nothing to do with biblical Judaism and when the real New Year occurs according to God. So what are we going to hear first from Kurt Landry? All right. So I, th- I thought I would ease us into his prophetic words. And so as is necessary with most evangelical services, they have a long amount of time when people are on their feet, when they're praising and worshiping God. And at the close of their praise and worship session, right before Kurt Landry took to his pulpit to offer his uh, prophecies, he led the people at his church in speaking in tongues, and we'll see if this actually comports with what Scripture commands. Let's just pray in the Spirit. You're prophesying in the tongues over what you need in the service. Go ahead, just speak it out. Praise Him. Oroto shekeke mokere nataka. 
Ere nata sheke ke mo. Kikiri nata ka. Sheke mo. Kere nata sheke ke mo. Come on, all of you online, just praying. Don't be just watching. <coughs> There's power in the atmosphere. Just keep praying. Ararara sheke ke mo. Kikiri nata ka. He's not trying very hard, if you ask me. No, I, I it just he's got he's four gonna, syllables. His his language has four syllables. So yeah, K K K S H E M O, something like that. So you're going to note that within the charismatic movement, this is a standard practice, and this flies in the face of clear commands of Scripture. Number one, it's obvious that this is not a human language. When you go back into the Book of Acts, Acts chapter two, when the God, the Holy Spirit, gave the uh, the Christians the ability to speak in other tongues, people heard them proclaim the wonders of God within their own human languages. KK Mo is not a human language. This is just kind of gibberish. In fact, when you have children and you're raising your kids before they begin speaking in words and sentences, they say things like goo goo gaga KK Mo, things like this. This is not human speech. This is not human languages. This is not the gift of tongues. But even worse than that is that the scriptures legitimately forbid what it is that we just heard him do. And so if the gift of tongues were still an ongoing thing, and it's not, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, So what then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. So let all things be done for building up. If any speaks in a tongue, let there be only two, or at the most three, each in turn, and then let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself in God. So you'll note that the Apostle Paul has laid down kind of rules for orderly worship during the time of the early church when the gift of tongues was still operative. And he made it clear that if you have this gift and you want to practice it in church, you can only use this if the church itself is going to be built up. And the only way that's going to happen is if people understand what you say. So he put some order around it. Two or three at the most, each in turn, one at a time, and there must be an interpreter. If there is no interpreter, then the tongue speakers are to remain silent in the church. And then you're going to note, this is not because the Apostle Paul you know, was down on the gift or anything like that. In fact, he says this in verse 36, Was it from you that the word of God came, or are you the only ones it's reached? So if anyone thinks that he's a prophet or is spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So Rabbi Kurt Landry Right out of the shoot from his, uh, you know, finishing up the worship set there, he is legitimately defying and disobeying a direct command of Christ. And the Apostle Paul says, if somebody doesn't recognize that the things I'm writing, you are a command of the Lord, he should not be recognized. So, you know, as I watch so many of these services that take place within the charismatic circles, it's now become almost like a game. How many direct violations of Scripture can I find in watching their services? And uh, this has become such a common practice that already we have a big strike against Kurt Landry, who claims that he's going to be receiving and delivering a prophetic word for the people who are watching him online and the people who are there in person, which begs the question, why would God the Holy Spirit give a prophecy to this man 
when his church practice is a direct violation of a command of Christ that we find in the book of 1 Corinthians. What is next? Okay, so now he's going to ease into things. And the only way I can describe this next soundbite is by asking the question, can you find a biblical text here or any kind of coherent theme? Because this legitimately creates the foundation from which the rest of his message comes. I've never seen 34 years as a prophet. I've never seen the unity amongst the prophets to what time it is and the opportunity of the doors as right now. It's beautiful. And the prophets are communicating. And the Lord is going to gather up a remnant in the kingdom that will really quite simply just do it his way. We don't have to agree on everything, but we do have to agree theologically and doctrinally on some real basic things. And one of those basic things tonight that's gonna happen is when I asked the Lord, how do we prepare for the next 21 days? The Lord said, I wanna show you a foundational truth in the 10 commandments. Because the 10 commandments are unique. You think about it, children of Israel have been in uh, captivity and slavery, bondage. They get out, Moses brings the miraculous, all the plagues, crossing of the Red Sea, everything's great. And he said, if you guys could just wait here, now let's go get instruction so that we don't go back into bondage. Because there was behavior and choices that got them back into the slavery. So let's ask God what he wants us to do. We need a culture. We need a value system. We need to know how to get along with God. We just spent hundreds of years in Egypt where they worship every object and idol, and we don't. We only worship Yahweh, one God. So we can't really make it up. We've got to figure out what he wants us to do. Say time. It's not about patience, it's not understanding God's timing. And we need to understand that bad positioning hinders God's timing. So today is a day I decree in the courts of heaven at House of David, the one new man embassy, I decree that this is a day of restitution and restoration. Would you say amen? I decree this is a day to reset your mind. So what has he said there? Well, I would note already we have a problem, and that is is that in his summary of why we have the Ten Commandments, the narrative that he put forward was this idea that Moses basically identified, hey, we've been in slavery for hundreds of years, and so we're going to need to understand what we need to do in order to not have to go back in slavery, so we need to... I need to have a conversation with God. But you're going to note that doesn't fit the historical narrative at all. And so his summary of the book of Exodus doesn't actually comport with or synchronize with a proper understanding and reading of the book of Exodus. So we're off track here. But then you'll note that he keeps having 
the people in his audience repeat words that he's putting forward. This is a common practice now in charismatic circles and in evangelical circles. I would note, I've read articles that say that this is legitimately some type of a device being used to basically lower the ability for people to engage in critical thinking. And let me explain. Uh, The articles that I've read on this is that this is a manipulation technique used to basically have people lower their critical thinking because when somebody tells you to do something and then you do it, The brain says, well, okay, I guess we're not in charge here. This other person is in charge. So on the subconscious level, by obeying commands when somebody is speaking, says, I want you to say this word, and then you say that word. Now say this thing, and then you say that thing. What it does is it basically turns off your ability to engage in critical thinking because on the subconscious level, your brain says, well, this person's in charge, so we don't have to think critically. We just need to do what this person is doing. And so you'll note that's part of what he's doing. And at the same time, he's making declarations where he's basically claiming that he can ascend into the courts of heaven and make declarations that then have some kind of an impact on what reality here on planet Earth. This is akin to the word of faith heresy where our words create reality. This is kind of a retooled version of that where they claim that we now have the authority to go and speak these declarations in the court of heaven and that Jesus is going to give verdicts in favor of our declarations and make those things into reality. So that's a big part of the overall service that he gave for Rosh Hashanah, and that's what he's up to here. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. We'll get into the particulars of Kurt Landry's Rosh Hashanah prophecy next. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we're rolling right along in our adventures in Acts with Paul visits James, Paul arrested in the temple, Paul asks to speak, Paul's story begun, and Paul's story interrupted. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Issues Etc. regular guests Dr. Reed Lessing and Dr. Andrew Steinman are the authors of our Book of the Month for September, The Messianic Message, Predictions, Patterns, and the Presence of Jesus in the Old Testament. This new book is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040, or learn more about The Messianic Message at issuesetc.org. Study the Old Testament through a Christ-centered lens with the Issues Etc. Book of the Month, The Messianic Message. Job saw the city as a wasteland, as if devoid of God, witnessing injustice to the poor by the corrupt, lawlessness of criminals, trafficking of children, blatant immorality, thinking God could not see wicked deeds done in the dark of night. Yet God never abandoned Job, nor his city, groaning for mercy. God is working through the living Redeemer, hands etched with salvation, pointing to the resurrection to come. Join us at lcms.org slash citymission to seek peace and shine the light in the city. If only we could see and hear what takes place in the divine service. The holy God's voice pours out eternal gifts. Sinners are washed in cleansing water that saves them from death. The Son of God gives his body and blood for us, the food of immortality. 
The church on earth blends her voice with angels and saints in glory to praise our God. These wondrous mysteries take place at Our Savior Lutheran Church in Stevensville, Montana, 184 Pine Hollow Road. Call 406-777-5625 or find us on Facebook. A voice in the wilderness of American evangelicalism. You're listening to Issues Etc. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Blessed Sacrament Lutheran, Hayden, Idaho. Faith Lutheran, Groton, Connecticut. Holy Cross Lutheran, Rockland, California. Emmanuel Lutheran, Sheridan, Wyoming. Mount Olive Lutheran, Billings, Montana. Pella Lutheran, Wappen, Wisconsin. Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran, Rathdrum, Idaho. St. Michael Lutheran, Portage, Michigan. St. Peter Lutheran, Dorchester, Wisconsin. And University Hills Lutheran, Denver, Colorado. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, we'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Someone who is suffering from depression is isolated by their mind. They can't handle contact with other people. It is almost physically painful to interact. By praying for them, you are connecting them to God and the communion of saints, which is what they need more than anything else. Pray for them because they may not be able to pray for themselves. Pastor Todd Peppercorn reading from his book, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. We've produced a new audiobook of I Trust When Dark My Road, and you can listen and download it for free. Just go to issuesetc.org, enter your email address, and we'll send you a link to our latest audiobook. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. Today, Kurt Landry's Rosh Hashanah Prophecy, Pastor Chris Rosebro, Fighting for the Faith, is our guest. Chris, what's next from Kurt Landry? All right, coming up next, we are going to dive into an actual portion where he's going to be claiming to be prophesying. So we're going to be hearing direct prophecy and words of the Lord regarding what's happening now as a result of us entering into this particular Jewish year. So the Lord's going to reset your time zone tonight. And he's saying, like he says in the book of Revelation, come up here now. So make the decree, say, I'm coming up here now. (laughs) This is the year of 5784, the door. In order to go through new doors, you have to cleanse yourself from old doors and shut them and not look back. And you have to go through the new door. So tonight, we're going to use the foundational Christian foundation of the Ten Commandments to open and shut doors. And to get, if I can say it this way, because we have so many new people that are watching, you need to have goals to grow by, a business plan, a life strategy that lines up with God. And you need to know it scripturally. And we're going to do that tonight. So I'm gonna need you to make these decrees with me. We're gonna do it to open doors and shut others. Amen? 
This is a prophetic word from the Lord in a teaching more of a clinic style of deliverance. Okay? It's going to be different. But how many know that when the new wineskin comes, the new wine is different than the old? So let's get started. The instruction the Lord gave me over six months ago for Rosh Hashanah came to an Isaiah 62.10. Say, I will go. So what you're doing is you're telling the Lord right now, before you even give me the information, say, I will go. See, that's trust and faith in the Father. Say, I will go. The prophet Isaiah says, go through, go through the gates or the doors. Prepare the way for the people. See, as you prepare your life to prepare others, it prepares you to go through your gates. What does any of that mean, Chris? I have no idea. (laughs) So one of the things I've said in the past is that if God is legitimately speaking through some of the people who claim to be prophets and apostles today, then the universe is doomed because it's clear that God has lost his mind. And we're dealing with a God who's now suffering from some kind of dementia because he's not capable of lucid thoughts. This is a major problem that we see within the charismatic movement. But this doesn't really mean that God's lost his mind. It means that these people have lost their minds. These are not words from God. This is not a message that God, the Holy Spirit, has given to Kurt Landry at all. And it doesn't make a lick of sense because I would ask the question, how does one cleanse themselves from previous doors that they have walked through? And then how does one then close them so that they can then decree and then walk into the new doors and the new gates that apparently God is opening as a result of his mistreatment of Isaiah 62 and his claim that this is a word from God. It doesn't make any sense. Yet he keeps referencing the Ten Commandments and saying that they have something to do with this prophetic message that he's giving. But I know a thing or two about the Ten Commandments. I have them memorized. And as a pastor, I teach them diligently to my catechumens. And as a result of it, I can legitimately say that if we were to compare the message that we have from Kurt Landry to the actual Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments legitimately make sense. And on top of it, it's very self-evident, at least in most of the Ten Commandments, as to how one obeys them. So, for instance, you can look at at one of the Ten Commandments that says, Thou shalt not murder. Ah, well, we know exactly how to obey that particular command. There's definitely deeper implications of it so that we are not only not putting a bullet in the back of our neighbor or stabbing him and and making it so that he assumes room temperature, but on top of it, we are to care for our neighbor and protect him and his body and his needs and things like this. And then when it says, do not commit adultery, we all know what that means. Adultery has a very specific meaning and we know not to do certain things along those lines sexually so that we do not run afoul of God's command. Then we have the command to not steal, to not bear false witness against our neighbor, to not covet and things like this. We all know exactly what this means. But these words that Kurt Landry claims are coming from God are not. In fact, I would note a good passage to go to would be like Ezekiel chapter 13, 
where God condemns those who are speaking the basically the imaginations of their own heart and claiming that these are words coming from God. But you'll note, Landry was very specific. This is a revelation from God. This is a prophecy from God. God is saying right now in this moment, in this time, these are his words. You need to obey them. But I would note that the Bible actually commands us to not believe everybody who comes to us claiming to have a word from God. In fact, if you were to look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, the Apostle John writes, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. And I would note that the words do not believe, that actually comes down to one Greek word in the original language, and that's pastuita, and it's a literal imperative. God makes an imperative command, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And I would note that Kurt Landry, if you know your Bible, then you know he's already ran afoul of several clear teachings from Scripture, including a command from the Apostle Paul, which is a command from the Lord, that regarding the practice of tongues in the church, that you would know then, if you know your Bible, that Kurt Landry fails the biblical tests. As a result of it, the one thing we can say with certainty is that God is not speaking through him. These are not words that God gave to Kurt Landry. These are words that either come from his imagination or worse, these words may actually be coming from a demonic source. But we can say definitively that God the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with this message that Kurt Landry is delivering on his behalf. Should it surprise me at all, Chris, that nowhere in Scripture do I see this kind of vague open your gates and go through a different gate or you close your old gates, this kind of word salad of vagaries. <laughs> That's correct. I would note that we have a wonderful gift in the Scripture, and the gift is, is that we have the actual prophetic messages that God gave to his prophets, specifically in the Old Testament. And when you compare the messages of the prophets of the Old Testament with the people claiming to be prophets today, you'll note that there is a huge disconnect. So in the Old Testament, when God speaks through his prophets, oftentimes a good way that I've heard people describe the prophets of the Old Testament, they're like the prosecuting attorneys of the Mosaic Covenant. And so what you get is, is that God will raise up a prophet who will confront people with their sins. And so you get the revelation of God, of his rebuke against their sin, and his demand that they return to obeying his commands that are found in the scripture. But also you also get the clear revelation from the prophets, not only of God's judgment, but of also God's promises. Always and again, you'll hear the prophets say that if you return, if you repent, if you change your mind, if you come back to my words, then I will forgive you abundantly and pardon you from all of your sins. And so when you read the Old Testament prophets, it is a case study in law and gospel, and it's beautiful. And, it, and this is the gold standard of prophecy. 
But then when you compare today's so-called prophets and the vagaries that they're trafficking in, you recognize that they sound a lot like the false prophets of Jeremiah's time. Jeremiah rebuked the false prophets who were basically telling people who were in impenitent sin, who despised the actual word of God for speaking peace to them when there was no peace, for telling them what they wanted to hear and basically giving them a soft pillow for their heads to lie on rather than when a true prophet speaks, he confronts people with their sin, calls them to repentance and assures them of the forgiveness of God should they repent. But the false prophets, they're always comforting people who are in rebellion and speaking peace to them when they should be rebuking them for their sin. We will hear a little bit more from Kurt Landry's Rosh Hashanah Prophecy with Pastor Chris Roseborough of Fighting for the Faith right after this. You can listen to our new audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. It's voiced by the book's author, Pastor Todd Peppercorn, and includes an introduction voiced by Pastor Matt Harrison, president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Just go to issuesetc.org, enter your email address, and we'll send you a link to the audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression, issuesetc.org, and enter your email address. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod cares deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith. Send your mailing address to lcmschaps at lcms.org or call us at 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus for you. You're listening to Issues Etc. Pumpkin spice flavored everything is in the air. It's the perfect time of year to curl up with a nice warm beverage using one of Ad Crucem's mugs, featuring your favorite Lutheran symbols, Bible verses, or Christian humor. For example, Jesus' personality type is INRI. St. Paul is the patron saint of the run-on sentence. And of course, chancel culture is practiced here. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M.com. Have you ever wondered about some of the more difficult topics or teachings of Scripture, such as what does the Bible say about polygamy or slavery or the free will? Or what about law and gospel? The October issue of The Lutheran Witness is a twin to the August 2022 issue, and it takes up some of these difficult teachings of Scripture and explains them in detail. To get your copy, visit cph.org witness or the Lutheran Witness website witness.lsms.org. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the world from a Lutheran perspective. Welcome back. I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Chris Roseborough of Fighting for the Faith is our guest. It's This Week in Pop Christianity. We're walking through Kurt Landry's Rosh Hashanah Prophecy. Chris, what else do we have from Kurt? Just more of his prophecy. He claims this is an actual word from God and listen to more of these vagaries. Do you see the pattern? It says build up, say build up. Build up. <coughs> build up the highway, take out the stones, and lift up the banner for the people. 
Let's talk about stones for a minute. I'm gonna take time tonight. We're only gonna get one shot at this. Stones can either be used for pavement or walls. When people study the word of God, they either puff up in religion and build a wall. This is what I believe. Don't penetrate my wall. Or you take the word of God and you make it a pavement and it becomes a bridge and a highway for people to come experience what you have. And let them make the choice. Oh yeah, go ahead, give the Lord a shout. And so when you lift up a banner for the people, it's Jehovah Nesse in the Hebrew, the banner, he is our banner, you're lifting up a banner with words. Say words. words. We're in a word war. We've been in a word war for four years because we moved into a new biblical year and you're gonna learn in a minute why the word war. But you have to lift up, lift up the banner. You can't just build a paved road and you can't just take that paved road and have a bridge without a banner saying, why should I walk on this road and why should I cross the bridge? And how should they know, Paul said, unless there's a preacher? You gotta lift up a banner. Everything we do in Kurt Landry Media is a banner. So the doors are open. It's time to go through. It's Rosh Hashanah 5784. The doors open with a word. I love the way they said it at Vision Church. Apostle Hammond said, your doors will open because they're voice activated. Isn't that well said? I love that. Voice activated. And the name of the angel isn't Siri. It's your voice saying what God says to the things that are shut that they would be open. All right, Chris, interpret, please. Uh, this is a tough one to interpret because you'll note that if you were to follow his train of thought, he was kind of all over the place. There was, of course, the obligatory swipe at those who follow sound doctrine. If you didn't hear it, you'll note when he talked about stones, uh, you know, he read something from Isaiah that mentioned stones. So he says, you can do two things with stones. You can either build a wall or you can build a, a pathway or a pavement or something like that. And so he took the obligatory swipe that charismatics do at those who have sound doctrine and say, well, you take your stones and you build a wall and say, I'm not going to listen to you unless you agree with what, what I believe, which is a necessary component of many services within the charismatic movement to protect them and inoculate them against their biblically discerning friends. So they'll say, oh, you're, you're just one of these people who took some stones and you built a wall, but I've taken the stones of scripture and built a pavement so the people can experience them. And of course, none of this makes a lick of sense because that's not the point that Isaiah was making at all. He's not exegeting the text. And then he talked about the necessity of putting a banner over the pathway that you build with those stones to build a bridge so that people can experience God. And he then cited 
cited the Apostle Paul from Romans 10 in talking about the necessity that uh, how can they believe unless somebody is sent, which was completely out of context because Paul wasn't talking about Rosh Hashanah prophecy or anything like that. Paul was talking about how people would believe and trust in Christ unless somebody was sent. The Apostle Paul in uh, Romans 10, he says this starting at verse 11, the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him, who believes in Christ, will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And important to note there that Paul is actually quoting from Joel chapter 2, verse 32, and he's equating Jesus, the Lord, with Yahweh, who is mentioned very overtly in Joel 2.32. Jesus is Yahweh. That's a wonderful text, a point to it. But then he goes on and says, well, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us, so faith comes from hearing and hearing then through the word of Christ. So Kurt Landry hijacked Paul's words, how are they to believe unless they are sent? and just ripped it out of context, threw it into his false prophecy regarding stone pavements and banners and things like this. And the whole thing is just a hot mess of nonsensical vagaries that are passing off as prophecy, but are are as legitimate as a slug nickel. I mean, this is just counterfeit words from God through and through. And it's obvious if you know your Bible, and those who do not know their Bibles, unfortunately, are a plenty, and they are very susceptible to men like Kurt Landry, who basically are trafficking in bizarre pontifications, but at the end of the day, they're not saying anything. So someone might say, look, obviously, we shouldn't be listening to a false prophet. The man claims to be a prophet. Then he just kind of utters gibberish for 20 minutes. And nothing of what he has said there can be corroborated by any scripture whatsoever. But someone says, look, it's, it is just gibberish. It's just nonsense. He's got a gullible audience, and he probably doesn't do that much harm. How would you respond? So we would note that the scriptures are very clear that we do not have the freedom to listen to false prophets. We are actually commanded by scripture to mark and avoid those who do not preach sound doctrine, and pastors in uh, the book of Titus are actually commanded to rebuke those who do not teach sound doctrine. And so when you read the counsel of Scripture, the full counsel of Scripture, Scripture warns us of men like Kurt Landry because people's faiths are shipwrecked by this nonsense, and we are forbidden to listen to it. So listen to what the Apostle Paul writes. He talks about a, a pastor. And, uh, and he says that a pastor must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. And he says, for there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. So you're going to note that in Scripture, Titus chapter 1, we are commanded as pastors to rebuke those who are teaching false doctrine, and those who are teaching false doctrine are described as insubordinate, which we've already shown that Kurt Landry is because he's defying a direct command of Christ regarding the practice of tongues in his church. And you'll note we've talked about how he's saying nothing. Well, the Apostle Paul says 
that that's exactly how deceivers operate. They are empty talkers. An empty talker, somebody who's saying absolutely nothing, that is one of the ways in which people can have their faith shipwrecked, and we are commanded as pastors to rebuke those who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers. And then also note then that Paul says that there are many of those of the circumcision party. So what Kurt Landry is manifesting as a false teacher is exactly what the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says we are to rebuke, and then he goes on to say they, these false teachers, these insubordinate empty talkers, they must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. And so I would note that the the person who says, oh yeah, he's speaking gibberish, he's not really saying anything, that's no big deal, But the Bible legitimately warns against exactly that phenomenon and tells us that we are to rebuke them and to silence them and that we're not permitted to listen to them at all. Pastor Chris Rosebro is pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota. He's creator and host of the YouTube channel Fighting for the Faith. You'll find a link to Fighting for the Faith at issuesetc.org. Click Talk on Demand Archives. Chris, thank you. Thank you, Todd. Wednesday on Issues Etc., we'll continue our series Finding Jesus in the Old Testament, talking with Dr. Reed Lessing about the Minor Prophets. It's media coverage of religion with Terry Mattingly, and we'll have Pastor Tom Baker lead us in a Sunday School lesson on David worshiping God in 1 Samuel 7 and Psalm 24. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for listening. Listen weekday afternoons to Pastor Todd Wilkin and guests on Issues Etc., Issues Etc. is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is vital for the continuation and expansion of this worldwide outreach. Our mailing address, Issues Etc., P.O. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also donate at our website, issuesetc.org. Issues Etc. is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. Join us September 29th at 7 p.m. for a hymn festival celebrating the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels at Good Shepherd Lutheran in Collinsville, Illinois. Hymn commentary will be provided by Pastor Will Whedon, host of the Word of the Lord Endures Forever podcast, along with organist Chris Lemker, orchestra and choir. For more information or to register to sing in the choir, visit our website withangelsandarchangels.org.